Every day we face hurdles in our life and problems that require new approaches or breakthrough innovations. In this podcast series, we're going to meet people that take audacious swings for the fence because they believe that changing the game is their personal responsibility. They believe it is up to them to be the solution. Hi, I'm Mark Forche. I'm the president and CEO of Delphinus, and welcome to our new episode of the Be the Solution podcast for Dense Breast Screening. I have a fantastic guest for this episode. It's Dr. Mary Yamashita, and Dr. Yamashita is the associate professor of radiology and surgery at the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California, uh, and she is also the national PI of the Discover Breast Ultrasound Study that was done with SoftView to support our PMA screening indication and all the work that fed those cases into the reader studies and ultimately the approval. Uh, Dr. Yamashita is also now post the approval. She is a consultant to Delphinus. Uh, so is it okay if I call you Mary? Yes, Yeah. Please. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Well, so uh, listen, thank you for being here and I'm really excited to talk with you because uh, of this incredible role you've had in this innovation and bringing this innovation forward. So one of the things that jumps out to me as I think about this, uh, so as you might guess for, for us as a company, um, having the national PI uh, selected is a really key thing. And I remember I first met you in the Chicago Firehouse restaurant at the RSNA. Uh, you and Dr. Larson, uh, and so you were you were both uh, sitting at a table that uh, at a presentation, and I sat down with you, and I was struck by your um, your uh, kind of enthusiasm for innovation and your interest in kind of challenges, uh, and so what what drew you to this uh, as a project, and and what what kind of spurred your attention to this? Mm -hmm. um, I was part of the Akron 6666 trial uh, where we did a whole breast ultrasound in high-risk patients. Uh -huh. um, USC was part of that trial. And we saw that there was a need for breast ultrasound in uh, patients because we were able to find additional cancers in patients um, by doing whole breast ultrasound. But at the time, we saw that it actually um, had too many false positives, too many unnecessary biopsies. And so it was not something that we were able to say, okay, I think everyone should would or would benefit from mm -hmm. ultrasound. Um, so, but I knew there was you know, a need for some type of ultrasound technology that would benefit women. And then later on, I was exposed to ABIS. I was actually part of their reader study, and I thought, wow, this is great. But I felt like there was something more that needed. Mm -hmm. And when I was invited to, um, to your dinner with the presentation, I thought, well, it's a brand new technology. I've never heard of SoftView. I mm -hmm. want to go and see what this is all about. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I remember being in that um, firehouse. It was, <laughs> it was really cool. And yeah. I remember Neb, um, the, one of the co-founders, uh -huh. he gave the presentation. And I thought, wow, this is so different. It's not yeah. just about 
looking at morphology and, you know, the grayscale ultrasound imaging, but there, there was something more, you yeah. know, more of tissue characterization. And, you know, I just got really excited. Maybe this is something that would uh, bring everything together, but it was such a new concept. Uh -huh. And um, I was just really excited to be yeah. a part of it. Well, so, you know, there's so many elements of the technology and what it means to you as a radiologist and to you as a clinician. But there's, there's also, and I mean, you, rent, you mentioned the other things too. There's kind of a workflow component too that, that how do you integrate those things in to serve the, you know, 40 to... 70% of patients that could be dense breast patients, depending where you are in the world. And was there something in this that you looked at and you saw that also? I mean, that uh, kind of the automated element, uh, did you see that offering advantages possibly too? Yeah, so, you know, with handheld ultrasound and if, even with ABIS, you still need a technologist. With handheld, it's operator dependent. And with SoftView, it was going to be operator independent. Anyone yeah. can be trained to perform yeah. the study. And that would really help us um, as far as workflow, getting the mammogram and getting soft view at the same visit. You know, it just sounded like, could this really happen? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I was struck by uh, your kind of curiosity and uh, struck by your enthusiasm for taking on that challenge. But you know what, it's a pretty significant challenge too because at the time that technology had been developed and had been put into uh, use in some small studies, but this, this was a big study. And uh, we, I think, you know, we're looking at 10 sites and, 8,000 something plus patients, which is what we did ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, at the very beginning, when you were looking at this, it was pretty much a blank sheet of paper. So uh, what kind of challenge did that pose for you as you thought about, I mean, it's an important leadership responsibility in leading into kind of the unknown. So how, how did you uh, think about that a bit? Actually, for me, it was more exciting. Yeah. For me, it was a challenge that I really wanted to take on. Yeah. Um, brand new technology just seemed so amazing and I really wanted to be part of it. Yeah. Um, and I knew that I had a good team at USC. Yeah. Uh, we have a really good research team in our Department of Radiology. And I knew that I would get the support I would need. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I just took it as a challenge. Yeah, so so uh, I recall. So we, you know, we put a system in your facility, and uh, everybody started being trained on how to uh, to actually screen the patients, and then <clears throat> and then uh, read with the workstation. You know, there's different uh, sequences to go through, but and uh, and there there was experience to refer to then, uh, but then we're leading into the study where there was going to be a, a lot to learn. Um, and you know, there's always with something like this where you have a breakthrough and you're you know you're about to go into this big effort. There's always a big decision point that you have to say, okay, let's go. So uh, it's, uh, it's a point where you've got the regulatory things all in place and you have to say, okay, 
when do we enroll patient number one in mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And your decision-making in that was really important. So uh, maybe just take me to that process and uh, describe that a bit, what you were thinking and what was important to you mm-hmm. uh, leading mm-hmm. into that decision. Yeah, um, remember before we launched ARM2, or ARM1 actually, which was the uh, prospective uh, mm-hmm. case collection study. Prior to that, we did ARM2 where we actually enrolled patients that were scheduled to have breast biopsies. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to um, scan patients and then look at the findings and then correlate it to pathology. Mm-hmm. So we had benign lesions, we had malignant lesions, Um, And then we were able to, I think, enroll about 500 patients. So during that time, you know, we really needed to review all the images, come up with a reading protocol. But I think doing ARM2 was really helpful because it was such a brand new technology and we're not used to interpreting images in a coronal plane. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also having, you know, four different sequences and looking and trying to figure out how do we differentiate breast tissue from masses and the masses from, you know, is it benign? Is it mm-hmm. malignant? So I think during the arm tooth phase, we really got to look at a lot of cases, biopsy proven cases. And so that kind of helped us to get organized, learn, learn how to interpret images. And so once we got to a point where we felt like, okay, I think we're ready. But I remember asking you, is this, is this the best technology we have available? Yeah. Are we ready? Yeah. Because we're going to continue to learn. You know, I knew once we launched ARM1, it was going to be huge, but we were also continue to learn this new technology. So I remember asking you that yeah, question. Yeah. Well, and and that was, I mean, certainly that particular meeting for me is, is one of the most pivotal moments of my life. I think of all the things that all the people in the team had done to get us to that moment. And uh, kind of the background that was really important that gave me the confidence to be able to say, yes, this is the time for the technology to, uh, to move ahead, was we had had an intense internal effort uh, for a long, long time to put everything on the table from the best thoughts that we could possibly, kind of the most outrageous, audacious thoughts of how, how far can we push distilled all those things down and put the things that we really knew made a difference into the system to get us to that point. So it was a big moment when you asked that question. It was important for me to be able to look in my rearview mirror internally and say, yeah, this is, this is the very best that we can put on the field. And for me to say yes. And mm-hmm. then that lets you say, okay, Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, incredible moment mm-hmm. to enroll that, that first patient. Mm-hmm. But also recognize, so, so that's just the beginning, you know, and there, there were many learnings to come because uh, I know you, your team, had done so much to understand the reading and the flow from the other work that had been done. 
But then you get 100 patients in, 200 patients in, 300 patients in. We were constantly learning things about the image interpretation uh, and, and uh, constantly thinking about, okay, ultimately, when we're in the reader study, uh, you know, assembling all the best practices and all the things that we've learned. So maybe just tell me kind of the things that you learned in that time frame and, uh, and, and what that experience was like mm -hmm. for you. as Because mm -hmm. that's a very innovator-oriented uh, process and experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, I learned so much during ARM1 uh, while we were collecting cases. Um, I don't feel like ever I ever stopped learning. Yeah. I kept learning because, you know, with new technology, you have to try different things and say, okay, well, should we, should we start with this sequence? Or, I mean, I think by then we knew how we were going to use the sequences, but just looking at different pathology and different findings, I was continuously learning. And for the uh, prospective case collection study, we actually read mammogram first and then SOFU, and we were able to incorporate SOFU findings with the mammographic findings. So we were constantly learning. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I, I mean, with any brand new technology, you learn. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when um, digital breast homosynthesis first came out, there was a huge learning curve for mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. um, so I went into this knowing that I was going to continue to learn. You know, I, I didn't think that, oh, yeah, I'm ready when we've launched that very first mm -hmm. patient. Mm -hmm. I knew that we would continue to learn. Mm -hmm. And I did. Yeah. And we all did. You yeah. know, I shared. Um, I remember having um, like conferences with other sites and just going through cases and learning from each other, learning from each, each other's um, cases. I thought that was so important yeah. throughout this, yeah. you know, process. And, and uh, you know, for me to observe that process and that kind of collection and assembly of best practices, I felt like we were really cutting new paths and finding new ground because uh, the images don't look like any anything else. I mean, it's a very different process. Mm -hmm. There's four sequences. How do you manage them? How do mm -hmm. you prioritize them? And I mean, you were super tenacious and diligent about, about doing that and, and the entire team contributing. So, I mean, I, I think those, those sessions were, were pretty amazing. But ultimately, so, you know, we, we got the cases we need to fill in the required things for the, the reader studies. Um, and it tipped into a whole different thing. And that is taking people that had zero experience with SOFU mm -hmm. and training them mm -hmm. to go into a reader study setting. And I mean, our objective was to improve sensitivity and specificity. That's a big swing mm -hmm. for the fence. Mm -hmm. We did. <laughs> and so when you think about that training process and your the things that went into that, so t just tell me 
tell me how how do you assemble everything and, and get it into those those modules that were done because it was a pretty impressive thing um you know i just remember spending honestly i think i spent thousands of hours mm -hmm. looking at images looking at our cases uh, from our site um, because when we went from arm two to arm one we're looking for small cancers that are not seen on mammogram. So it was very different. I think with arm two, initially, we saw bigger masses. And then when you're talking about screening population, you're talking about finding smaller cancers. Mm -hmm. And so that was different and that was a learning process. And, you know, learning the difference between a focal stiff dense tissue versus a small focal cancer. Mm -hmm. And so that was a learning process. And so for me, it was about just reviewing images over and over again, coming up with a reading protocol and making sure it works. Mm -hmm. You know, before I could confidently teach someone how to do something, mm -hmm. I have to be confident. Yeah. So I just spent yeah. many hours yeah. looking at all those coronal slices and I thought about what's the best way to teach someone how to read Safu. Well, you know, breast imagers know how to read um, one millimeter slices because we are used to reading digital breast tomosynthesis, yeah. you know, yeah. just going through slice by slice. Yeah. And then we're used to looking at different sequences when we do breast MRI. So I kind of brought those two together yeah. um, to interpret Safi, and I wanted to make it as simple as possible because in order to read a study for a screening modality, it has to be fast. You can't spend 20 minutes interpreting mm -hmm. a study. Mm -hmm. You know, we spend about two minutes, two to three minutes reading uh, tomosynthesis. So I knew that with um, Safu, it had to be like that. Yeah. You know, so just going through and just reviewing cases just yeah. over and over again. And yeah. at some point, it's like, this makes sense. Yeah. And then we came up with the lesion characteristics matrix, Yeah. you know, talking about what, what you're supposed to see, the morphology, and what you're supposed to see with the different sequences. Yeah. And then once we created it, remember we yeah. went through multiple versions before yeah. we finalized it because yeah. we need, I needed to go back and review all the cases yeah. again to make sure it really worked. Yeah. You know, yeah. so once we made sure that the, the summary of how to interpret yeah. Safu was formulated and I felt confident that we had the best uh, reading protocol. Yeah. The teaching part wasn't hard for yeah. me, to be honest. Yeah. You know, we had um, radiologists during the reader study, we had radiologists that were right out of training, um, many years of experience, community setting, academic setting. Yeah. But they all have the basic idea about yeah. reading, you know, going through yeah. one millimeter slices, looking at different sequences. So the teaching part was, I felt like it wasn't that 
difficult once we came yeah. up with a yeah. with a final uh, reading protocol. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the highest stage of learning is when you're unconsciously competent at what you do. You know, you don't even have to think about it. And uh, I think what, at least from my perspective, what came from all this effort and all this understanding of dynamics of you know, images and tissue flow and all the things that came out of it is the ability to, uh, to, to just create a really deep understanding that actually winds up being pretty incredibly easily conveyed. Mm -hmm. And it's so logical that it makes a lot of sense. And so, uh, so of course, then we, you know, that went into modules, people use that, they go into the reader study, they were challenged with, uh, things they'd never seen before, using new tools, and then they get this kind of audacious outcome of 20% increase in uh, sensitivity and 8% increase in specificity. So now we're kind of on the other side of that, right? And so now that approval mm -hmm. is achieved. Mm -hmm. So congratulations because you took on this audacious challenge and as a innovator and somebody doing something really incredible, you know, in your rearview mirror now, you can see that, you know, leading, leading the effort that, that got us there uh, to that. So now how do you think about the value of what that brings to changing uh, the lives of dense breast patients mm -hmm. and their screening? Mm -hmm. what, what do you, I mean, what do you think it means now? Um, well, first of all, you know, once I trained the readers, now it was up to them yeah. to do, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I didn't know what the results were going to be. Yeah. I had no idea yeah. what was, what the results will yeah. be. And yeah. I mean, to show 20% sensitivity, increase in sensitivity is so amazing, but the important part is the increase in specificity yeah. because up until now, breast ultrasound actually decreased specificity yeah. with increase in unnecessary biopsies. Yeah. And so when we got those results back, when, you know, when I heard that, I was just, just so thrilled, yeah. you know, um, you think then, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure your yeah. your company, yeah. everybody yeah. on your team yeah. were just yeah, yeah excited. And, um, but just thinking about what this technology can do for patients, it's really it's it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, because we have this need to do breast ultrasound in women with dense breast tissue. I think nobody would argue that. Yeah. Um, but to not decrease specificity, I think that's just so important. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how this would play out in the clinical setting. Yeah. You know, um, but I think it's, it's just wonderful that we can actually do screening mammogram and screening ultrasound on the same day. Yeah. And we can actually interpret mammogram and soft view together. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll see masses on mammogram and if the patient's 
never had prior ultrasound, we have to bring the patient back and do ultrasound. But, you know, I, I could see, because, you know, we could differentiate cysts from solid masses. And if we see a bunch of cysts, patient doesn't need to come back for yeah. additional imaging. We could just call it BIRADS2 yeah. and we're done. Yeah. You know, I mean, so there's potential to decrease callback rate yeah. for these unnecessary, you know, benign appearing things that we see on mammogram. So it'll, just, it'll be really interesting yeah. to see how this would um, play out clinically. Yeah. But, um, you know, up until now, uh, the ABIS, um, you can't do ABIS until you have a BIRADS1 or BIRADS2 mammogram, and then you do the ABIS, right? Yeah. That's how it was FDA approved. Yeah. So if you, um, so the workflow would be, do you read the screening mammogram while the patient's there? So you determine if it's BIRADS1 or 2, and then patient goes and gets the ultrasound, the ABIS ultrasound, or do you just um, batch read the screening you know, and then bring patients back for automated whole breast ultrasound uh -huh. on another day. Yeah. Um, but with SoftView, the workflow, the way that it's been FDA approved yeah. is that you can have mammogram and SoftView on the same day, one after the other. As long as you have dense breast tissue, yeah. you can have SoftView. Yeah. So as far as workflow, we can batch read these screening cases with yeah. SoftView. Batch reading is so much more efficient, yeah. you know, when it comes to interpreting screening yeah. technologies or screening procedures. And so I think it's really going to change the way we offer yeah. breast ultrasound to yeah. patients with dense breasts. Yeah, which is, which is, I mean, that was the goal, right? So, <laughs> so, so maybe just uh, as a as sort of a final question here. So, um, it's pretty remarkable to have set sights on a goal with so many potential ways that something could go sideways and not achieve it, but then at the end of it to achieve it. So here we sit today with the outcome that was achieved. Um, rewind back to that moment, sitting in that room, making the decision about enrolling the first patient, you know, and the challenges and uncertainties as an innovator. So how does this feel to have kind of climbed that mountain? It's, it's amazing. Um, we, but we went into this trial knowing that we would face a lot of challenges. You know, with brand new technology, I would imagine there are all these challenges. So just, but every time we came to a challenge, we, we were able to overcome it. We just kept going and going. And to get to this point where, you know, to get these results from the reader study is amazing. But for me, I feel like this is the beginning. Now it's the beginning of what we can offer to women, and we're still gonna learn so much, mm -hmm. you know? Because mm -hmm. um, going from a reader study, clinical trial reader study, and then to clinical setting, there's always, there's, there are gonna be new challenges, mm -hmm. you know? So 
I think we're going to continue to learn mm -hmm. and um, with the goal that we will be able to really serve those women with dense breast tissue mm -hmm. that need whole breast ultrasound. Yeah. Well, look, thank you so much as the PI, as the leader for this effort. And also uh, what you did to lead um, the many investigators and the, the other passionate people that participate in this. Uh, that'll be another podcast in the future, but, but um, thank you for, for the work that you did. Um, and, and then just for the viewers, I'd like to say, um, this, is, this is really a perfect example of why we're doing this podcast. Uh, this podcast is about seeing challenges and taking them on uh, with audacious thoughts and being the solution to those challenges. So I think we're all passionately committed to finding the ways to address the unmet needs of dense breast patients. And this entire effort was about exactly that. It was loaded with technology development challenges, understanding of new technologies and what it can do and those challenges. Um, the amazing tactical things of challenging uh, patient enrollment and those tactical pieces, and, uh, and then taking those findings and putting them into the right kind of setting to be able to demonstrate that. And that's what happened here. Uh, it is about being the solution when faced with all those things. Mary, thank you so much uh, for being part of this and conveying all the things that you experienced and all the learnings and your uh, just, the things you experienced as an innovator, I really appreciate you being part of this. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, uh, so, and to the viewers, thank you for joining us. Uh, look forward to having you join us in the future. Please watch this space for new topics to come uh, and look forward to speaking with you again soon.